You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is July 27th, 2017. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Hope you all enjoyed yesterday's episode with our pal, with our new friends over at the Orlando Magic Podcast. Definitely check them out and definitely check out that episode from yesterday. You can find it on our feeds over at iTunes, Audio Boom, Stitcher, TuneIn, all the fun places that you can download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. Today's going to be a little bit of a cleanup day. We're going to talk about some news events that, that maybe we didn't get to address uh, fully uh, on the show yesterday. I'll talk a little bit more about the, the reported Aaron Afalo signing as well as uh, whether the Magic actually filled their need with shooting. I've got a few other news items I want to clean up as well, including the uh, C.J. Watson news, which I found actually very, very interesting because I am a little bit of a salary cap nerd, although not as much as uh, some other people uh, like Keith Smith of Real GM, who's been on the show before as well. But let's start with another minor thing of interest that um, that I, I actually knew about a week ago that I finally got around to writing about and sharing with everyone else who may not be so aware. And this is more for people that live in the Orlando area or are planning on visiting Orlando for a future Magic game. And that is the beginning, really the beginning of, uh, it's not construction, but, but the beginning of the Orlando Magic Entertainment Complex taking shape. For those that do not know, uh, because this is this is very local story here. Uh, for those that do not know, the Orlando Magic bought the property across the street from their arena, the Amway Center in downtown Orlando. There used to be a parking lot there, as well as the Orlando Police Department headquarters. The Orlando Police Department moved to their new headquarters a few blocks down the road on Orange Blossom Trail uh, about, what, a year ago maybe now? It's some, something, something like that. Um, the Magic were waiting for their final move out there. There's still some things in the old building before they started tearing it down uh, and clearing the land for the entertainment complex. Uh, for, for most of last season, the parking garage that used to be there on Church Street and, uh, and Magnolia, uh, Magnolia? No, it's not Magnolia. Church Street and uh, I'm, I'm blanking on the street name on that cross street, but the, 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 there's a parking lot across the street from the Amway Center, not the Geico Garage, but but across the street from the main entrance, the Disney Atrium to the Amway Center. Um, the Magic tore that down a while ago. They had that whole property ringed. There's you know a, a fence with some Magic you know dressing on with you know what looks like a Magic dressing on it, uh, like a banner that with with Magic logo on it and stuff. Uh, and the last phase of the demolition of what was there before began last Monday as demolition of the old Orlando Police Department headquarters began uh, uh, a, few, uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, so that means that construction will begin once the land is cleared, once everything is set up, uh, and things are going to begin taking shape across the street from, street from, the, from, the, from the Amway. This is a, a very exciting piece of development. Um, you know, I think that for those that have lived in Orlando for a very, very long time, the transformation of downtown Orlando in the last 10 years has been absolutely incredible. Uh, I know when I was go- when I was in high school and growing up, I never imagined ever wanting to spend any time downtown. I mean, and that's serious. Like that that was a thing. No one went downtown. Now it now I a I'm living downtown and b it is a place 
everyone wants to be. Just go on any stray Friday or Saturday night. It's it's crazy there as it would be for a big city. But really even check out any event that, that's going on at the Amway Center that, that's big. And even check out Orlando City games. Uh, it's just, it's packed. I mean, I, I remember going, coming home from an Orlando City game one time. Went out to to, to the basement. Um, if if they'd like to sponsor us, that's a good bar. I I, I would not be against the basement uh, uh, sponsoring this podcast if, if they want. You could you could contact me at omagicdaily at gmail.com if, if you would like to do so. Basement, um, but free shout out here. Uh, but I remember going there and just the crowd was there. You know, there's a whole bunch of bars in that area anyway. Uh, and it it it. I, I remember saying to some people I was with at the time, this is exactly what. Phil Rollins imagined, this is what Buddy Dyer imagined, this is what Orlando imagined when they put all those venues downtown. And this was while Orlando City was still playing at the Citrus Bowl. It's like that after, before and after every Orlando City home game uh, at their new stadium downtown. Uh, I, I, I do imagine when the Magic get good again, it will be like that very often when the Magic are good, people pouring out of the Amway Center into downtown Orlando. And the Magic being decently smart business people, you would think, they decided to purchase the land across the street and build this entertainment complex. Think of it very similar to to Beale Street in Memphis, which is right outside the FedEx Forum, as well as LA Live in Los Angeles. The idea is to have a place where there are shops, you know, maybe some bars and clubs, some dining options, uh, you know, just a general place for people to gather uh, as they're exiting the Amway Center, and and, and that's for Magic Games. Uh, the Magic bought the Solar Bears earlier this year. Uh, they there's obviously concerts in the Amway Center. There's there's a whole bunch of events. People will immediately be drawn to this area. So it's it's a smart business move by the Magic, and I think it's ultimately a good thing for for downtown Orlando to have more options and more reasons for people to come downtown. It, it'll it, it'll increase the capacity of entertainment options in downtown Orlando. It gets kind of crowded on Church Street with the 27 burger places down there uh, before and after events. Uh, so it, it's it's I think this is a really exciting development. Um, you know, there's no final design yet, and also on top of all this, there's going to be a hotel, there's going to be a small hotel as well as some convention space, uh, and uh, the Magic will move all of their offices from the RDV Sportsplex over to the Amway Center, so they'll be more centrally located in Orlando and around the Amway Center, which I think organizationally is is, is a good decision too. Um, I, I am really excited about this project. I'm excited to see what the final designs are once uh, they're released. There was a, a, a artist's rendering in 2015 when they first announced their plans to build this entertainment complex, uh, but uh, no final plans have been made according to, uh, according to several reports. Um, but now that the, the final building that they needed to come down is coming down or, or one of the last big buildings that's coming down is coming down, uh, it seems like the Magic are going to be making some moves, uh, developing this property across from the Amway Center. I, again, I'm excited about this project. I haven't heard anyone object too much to the project, at least you know, other than the the Orlando Rescue Mission, Orlando Union Rescue Mission, which which had to move. Uh, the Magic bought them out, bought their property out, and and that and that uh, charitable organization is moving um, a little bit further uh, away from the downtown core, but. Uh, you know, from a development perspective, I think this is going to be fun. I think it's going to be good for fans going to games. Uh, I think that uh, it's going to be another attraction for people coming into town. And, and I think when 
it's done. Uh, you know, we'll 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 see what happens. Hopefully, the magic are good by the time it's done. I don't think it's expected to be completed until 2019 or 2020. So it'll be interesting to see how that all develops. Um, it's something I'm interested in. I don't know if you're interested in it, but there's seven minutes about the entertainment complex. Let's now turn to another kind of arcane and uh, you know minutiae type thing, and that is the uh, Magic's decision to waive C.J. Watson. Not a surprise that the Magic waves C.J. Watson. I, I didn't even think I needed... It happened while I was on vacation, and I didn't even honestly think I, that I needed to come on and do a podcast about it. It was so expected. Uh, when the Magic signed Watson uh, two years ago, they signed him to a three-year, $15 million contract. The final year of that contract had only $1 million guaranteed. That guarantee date was July 10th. And as expected... The Magic opted not to guarantee his not to guarantee um, C.J. Watson's contract. Uh, that that was something that that everyone expected to happen uh, because he a, he didn't perform very well and 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 he didn't really fit the direction the team was going. The Magic didn't want to rely on him and and they needed the roster space. Uh, so uh, Watson being cut was not the surprise. The surprise, however, came in a report uh, on. Wednesday from our friend Keith Smith of Real GM, who said that the Magic actually used the stretch provision to waive C.J. Watson. Now, the stretch provision is this element that was added to the collective bargaining agreement after the lockout in 2011. It's essentially it's not a get out of it's not a get out of jail free card, but it is a it is a kind of a free pass for a mistake that the team makes. Essentially, what the stretch provision allows you to do is to take the remaining total salary left on a player's contract and stretch the cap hit over however many years are left times two plus one. So, C.J. Watson, it it was most famously used for Josh Smith. The the Detroit Pistons are actually still paying, are still on on the hook cap-wise for Josh Smith for about $5 million over the next three years. It was very silly what Detroit did, but Stan Van Gundy wanted to get out of get out of his contract uh, as quickly as he could. So he, took, he bit the bullet on that. The way it works with C.J. Watson is he had one year left, $1 million cap hit. So they spread out that cap hit over three years. One year left times two plus one. That's three. And so essentially... The Magic are, are, are at least for cap purposes, I imagine that they had another agreement to pay C.J. Watson. Uh, the Magic, for cap purposes, are on the hook for $333,333 for the next three years. So Watson will still count against their books, against their salary cap books. Why the Magic did this is a little bit of a mystery. It's oh, it's not a complete mystery. I I, I have my re- I have my reasoning why I think they did this, but it is a bit odd because it's it's such a small amount. It's like why wouldn't you just get it out of the way early? But when you break down the salary cap and what's left for the Magic to spend, it makes a little bit more sense. The Magic are right up against the cap. They're 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 a little bit under before the CJ before the CJ Watson stretch provision. You know, maybe a couple hundred thousand dollars under the cap. They still have 
search block or trade exception, they still have uh, the room exception to, to spend as well. Uh, Aaron Aflalo and Maurice Spates both reportedly signed minimum salaries. Uh, the reason they have not been announced is a timing issue as far as uh, getting everything to work under the cap, but essentially the Magic can use a minimum salary exception to sign both of those players, but once they're signed, they start count, they start counting against the books still. So if they didn't, if they, they have to use up all their cap room first, I believe, before using the minimum salary exception. So that's why we haven't seen the Spates and Aflalo signings become official yet. Um, I, I had someone ask me, uh, I don't believe the Spates thing is, is real, or I don't think it's, it, it's, it seems like it's taking too long to happen. It's all, sal- I mean, the way you time how salaries are signed or how contracts are signed is critical to, to the cap machinations. I mean, think back to when uh, LaMarcus Aldridge signed with the San Antonio Spurs. The Spurs also agreed to an extension with Kawhi Leonard or a new contract with Kawhi Leonard that summer, but they waited until after LaMarcus Aldridge signed to officially ink that extension with Leonard. And the reason was because if they signed Leonard first, they wouldn't have the cap room to sign Aldridge. That's in much smaller stakes. That's essentially what's happening here. Because when I when I did the math on this, when I did the math on this, um, it appeared that the Magic get to about $1.3, $1.4 million in cap room by stretching C.J. Watson. Essentially, because Wesley Awundu, who's a second-round pick, he doesn't get signed under an exception. He has to go into cap room. And he got paid a little bit more than the minimum, so they didn't have an exception to use on him. So, it appears... And this is also all counting Georges Hunt and Garino against the cap as well, which which they're about $1.3 million. So they, they could be taken off the books and you can create room again. It would appear, though, that by stretching Watson, the Magic have freed up another, another non-minimum salary slot to fit under the cap without using the room exception. Now, why is there a distinction here? I don't know. That might be a personal decision from... The, from the uh, from general manager or, or just just how they want to do the machinations of this, but essentially, it feels like this is the space the Magic are going to use to ultimately sign Ken Birch. Remember, Ken Birch is that guy. Uh, it was actually reported the same day that the Magic cut Watson um, that. He went to UNLV, you know, really athletic, uh, four-five guy, can block shots, play play some defense. Was playing, played a little bit for the Heat and Sioux, and the Sioux Falls Sky Force. Ended up playing last year for Olympiakos in Greece. Had a really good season. Is looking to come back stateside. Uh, rumors are the Magic helped him with his buyout from his European contract, and they're just they're they're just waiting for him to come over. Whether there's a roster spot for him, who knows? But it it, it would appear that. The Magic are carving out this cap room, and and I'm adding two and two here, might be preparing to use it on a guy like Birch. So the Magic have kept some cap room. They can absorb some. They can absorb a little bit of salary in a trade if that's how they want to use it. Um, it, it. Essentially, this move gives the Magic a little bit more flexibility. Just a little bit. We're talking very small stakes here, but gives the Magic the ability to go out and do something else this summer. 
you know, all of my talk about saying the summer is pretty much over. Apparently, I was wrong. Apparently, I misjudged that. Because this this move tells me that the Magic kind of want to do one more thing. My bet, my, my, my gut tells me that it's Ken Birch. That that's what they're looking to do here. Now, whether they actually do that, whether how, it actually, how they actually use this, I don't know. But the only reason I can think of to not take this cap hit immediately from, from the C.J. Watson waving is to give the room to do something else. And that, that appears to be what the Magic are doing here. Of course, the big move that the Magic made uh, this week was signing Aaron Aflalo. And, and, you know, I talked a little bit about it on the podcast yesterday. Again, I encourage you to go back and check check that out. It was the breaking news yesterday that the Magic had signed. Aaron Aflalo, it, according to Josh Robinson of the Orlando Sentinel, it appears to be for a minimum salary, about $1.4 million, I think, whatever it was. Um, the Magic are going to sign Aaron Aflalo. Um, veteran player you, you came back to the, who played for the Magic for two years during the first two years of the rebuild. Um, had a decent year last year. He's definitely slowed down a lot from his time in Orlando. Just his role has begun to shrink a little bit. 8.4 points per game. Shot 41.1% from beyond the arc. Uh, actually took a, a good chunk of his shots from beyond the arc last year. 151 of his 420 shots came from beyond the arc. 62 of his 185 makes came from beyond the three-point line. So he's kind of developed himself into a a niche three-point shooter. That's more than a third of his shots coming from beyond the arc. He's not the isolation creator player that the Magic needed him to be for two years. In Orlando, he averaged... Let me make sure I get this right. Um, in, In Orlando, he averaged... 17.4 17.4 points per game, shot 37% from beyond the arc, and had a 50.2% effective field goal percentage. Um, he was fairly effective and fairly efficient for the Magic despite having a larger role, and it was just clear from him that he didn't fit that role. That wasn't the ideal role for him, and really, after he left Orlando, he really struggled to, to kind of find his niche again. Um, he, he definitely slowed down just a little bit. Um, you know, good good mid-range game, good mid-post game for, for, for a guard especially. Uh, but last year in Sacramento, his scoring dropped, but his efficiency was good. Started taking and making a lot more threes, and, and that might be the role the Magic are looking for him to get, uh, at, or for, for him to play. As I, as I stated uh, on several occasions, you know, the Magic had made some nice moves for... For guys that fit their their proposed culture, guys who could play defense or had versatility, but they still lacked shooting. And I think the last the last piece of the puzzle the Magic needed to find was shooting, just someone who could who could make a three pointer, because Evan Fournier was the top three point shooter returning from the team last year, uh, and the Magic needed him to create number one and B. He had a bad three point shooting year last year again because he probably had to create a lot more than than he's really capable of doing. And so the question that needs to get asked now is, does Aaron Aflalo solve the shooting issues? Essentially, it feels like Aflalo is coming in to play the Jody Meeks role. Come in for about 15, 16 minutes a game. Be someone who spreads the floor. He's probably a little bit more dynamic of a player than Meeks is, but less of a pure three-point shooter. 
Orlando's not going to ask Aflalo to do the things that he did in or in Orlando the first time. He's not going to be the main creator. He's not going to be the main scorer. There's going to be times where he is, and they're still going to use him to that effect. But his main role is to spread the floor and make threes because that, that team still lacks a good three-point shooter. And I don't think one three-point shooter, and I don't think one three-point shooter like Aflalo is going to change very much. He doesn't have the same gravity that Meeks does. Meeks runs around the floor a lot, and you have to pay attention to him on cuts because if he gets three, he's going to make the three. Aflalo doesn't quite, I think, have that pull. But I still think Aflalo is a guy who fits that need the Magic desperately had. Uh, I don't think he solves the Magic shooting problems, but he definitely placates that need. He definitely resolves that need the Magic had in their roster. And so now, you know, you take a look at it, the question becomes, how do the Magic get more out of the shooters that they have? How do they get more out of Evan Fortney? How do they get more... How can they get Jonathan Simmons to be a consistent three-point shooter? You know, does... I mean, I think I think the big thing with Aflalo, too, is he, he really bolsters the bench. As I noted on Twitter, Shelvin Mack, Aaron Aflalo, Jonathan Simmons, Jonathan Isaac, Bismack Biombo is not a bad second unit. It certainly feels a lot better than last year's second unit, which was one of the worst lineups in the league last year. I'm still not sold the Magic have resolved their shooting issues. I think the team still has an offense problem. Um, while I, I think there's plenty of reason to be optimistic about the starting lineup turning things around offensively, uh, I, I'm not sure what they did at the end of last season can last for 82 games, especially if they recommit to defense or if they have to shuffle the lineups a little bit. Um, I, I think that the team still will have some issues spreading the floor uh, and executing in the half court because there just isn't the, the spacing that the team needs to succeed in, in that way. Uh, I think there are still some major questions about the way this team plays, but I think Aaron Aflalo definitely helps. I, I don't think he takes away from it. He's a three-point shooter that opponents have to respect. 38.6% three-point shooter for his career. Shot 42.7% in 2014 uh, as a three-point shooter. Has been over 40% uh, from beyond the arc, or 40% or better uh, in two of the last three seasons, two of the last four seasons, uh, has spent a good chunk of his career shooting better than 40% from beyond the arc. Uh, So I think he's a player that teams have to respect his three-point shot. He's not going to spread the floor and cause defenses to to gravitate to him in the same way that Meeks did, but I think he definitely helps solve the the problem. If Fournier and Ross can get back to the three-point shooting that I think a lot of people expect of them, that will change things. If Nikola Vucevic adds a three-point shot, which I think quietly is something that needs to happen for this Magic team, then you know maybe the shooting problem isn't as dire as we all think it is, or as 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 I as I or is, isn't as um, pressing as we all think it is. Shooting is obviously at a premium, and the Magic have have kind of paved things over for the short term with a flawlo, uh, but. Certainly, that's something we're going to have to watch out for. We're going to have to watch to make sure that the Magic can actually put the ball in the basket this year uh, and and make open three-pointers when they come. So I think the Magic, one of the reasons you get a follow is for shooting because it isn't for his defense. 
Uh, and so I think the Magic were focused on that, and they got it at a minimum deal. I didn't even mention Maurice Spates, who's a very good three-point shooter, especially for a, a big. Um, so the Magic have definitely tried to resolve some of their shooting issues uh, with this ladder, with these ladder, ladder signings in free agency, and we'll see uh, exactly uh, whether those pieces come together uh, when training camp begins. I want to thank everyone again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. Of course, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Magic, as well as like us on Facebook at Locked On Magic. And of course, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Audioboom, Stitcher, TuneIn, all the fun places that you can download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. Be sure to leave us a review as well and let us know what you think of the show. We do appreciate the feedback as well as the comments uh, on the show. Trying to trying to be a better show here in season two. Uh, get get a few more guests. You know, get get a few more voices in here. Uh, but we're we're here to serve. I'm here to serve you. So please uh, let me let me know what I can do better and let everyone else know uh, how great the show is because those reviews do help us climb the rankings. We are we we are coming for that Disney podcast that that when you search Orlando Magic comes up first. We want to beat it. So we will beat it. That's my goal. That's my goal to to beat to beat that Disney podcast. I don't even know what its name is, but we're gonna beat it. Uh, also, special announcement, Thursday I will be doing a Facebook Live podcast. I'll record it and still put it up on the feed as normal, but I'll be recording a Facebook Live podcast uh, on the Locked On uh, Podcast Network uh, 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 Facebook page. So be sure to like it there. I'll try and post the links on Twitter as well as on Facebook to both Locked On Magic and Orlando Magic Daily. So be on the lookout for that. I'll be going on at 3 p.m., be, feel free to watch and drop in your questions. I'll be talking a little bit more about the Magic's free agent signings as well as about um, the whether the Magic are actually going for the playoffs, Something continuing the conversation that we had on the podcast yesterday. Uh, so we'll, we'll hope, we may be experimenting a little bit more with that format uh, in the coming weeks, so uh, be on the lookout for that. Happy, happy to try something new. It's going to be a little bit of a busy day tomorrow, um, uh, but... Uh, 3 o'clock on Facebook Live. Be sure to check that out. I'll try again and send send the links out uh, when I can. So so keep an eye on the Locked On Magic Facebook page as well as the Locked On Magic Twitter account. Of course, you can also follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. That's P-H-I-L-I-P-R-R underscore omd. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, check out orlandomagicdaily.com and follow us on Twitter at omagicdaily as well as like us on Facebook at Orlando Magic Daily. That's going to do it for me today. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossenreich. I'll see you all again tomorrow at 3 p.m. on Facebook Live for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. <laughs>